Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel, you're still, uh, you're still... At Grandma's house. At your Grandma's house there in Houston. Still here. Still on vacation. When are you, uh, when are you coming back? Tomorrow. You don't want to leave? I don't want to leave. Never feels like enough time. I've been here since Monday, and I feel like I, I haven't had enough time with my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to catch up for almost two years. So I look at the pictures that are on the wall over here, and they are mm-hmm. very grandma-esque pictures that are on the wall for anyone that's watching. So to the left is my mm-hmm. grandma. Right here on the other side is her mother, oh, my wow. great-grandma, Mama, Mama Bessie. Bessie. Mama Bessie. And in the middle is my mom and my aunt with the two of them. So, you know, a little insight into the family. See that? See the older picture on the wall right there? That's, That's Mama, Mama Bessie. Bessie. Is she still with us? That's Mama Bessie. She's gone no, on the glory. No, no. She passed away. Gone on the glory, 2017. So. Lived to be 97. I saw. 97. That's all you can ask for. What, what I wonder when I see grandma Ooh. pictures is that. Were those pictures ever new? Wait, what What does that mean? So, what do you mean? At some point, you look at pictures that your grandma has in a photo book, and the pictures look yes. super old, right? Because they are super correct, old. Correct, correct. I can't ever imagine okay. a time that some of these pictures were ever new. It just seems like the picture came out, developed... 35 years old. Old. <laughs> That's how they all used yeah. to look. That's that one, right? Yeah. That one is old. I mean, yeah, yeah, but they have, but even the frame, because like even the, the frame that they're in right now, like, you know, I'm not you saying anything say? about the frame. The frame is a lovely understated frame, but there's been significant technology advancements in the frame department since whenever that was i just i wonder that i go to i go to my my grandmother i'm around my grandmother my mamo who has an incredible youthful spirit i'm like at one point she was like 21 damn it's hard to i know it's hard to see that it's hard to see that your your grandparents were like you like at one point my grandfather was probably like yo cletus uh, T Bob, Lil Jimmy, let's go get some hoes. And I, I can't think of that. You know, I, it's hard. I know mindset. Your granddad? That. Now, <laughs> I know. Uh, he's, he, he's a, is, is he a rap scallion? Like, what is he? <laughs> sure. Talk to me about it. He was a good time. He was a good he time. He was a good time. Van, yeah. I got some news. I'm very excited. What's up? By the time this comes What's out tomorrow, I will have already been a co-host on the <gasps> view. As a guest, what? as a guest, as a guest. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together. We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 
tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. They have, they, they have you coming in to replace Meghan McCain to give conservative viewpoints? <laughs> um, people may, wait, I'm sorry. I just heard the last part of what you said, to give the conservative view. No. Rachel, that's going to be your new step- situation. That is amazing, though. That's super amazing. So, just to, just to, um, Sonny's out, so they asked me if I would step in. You're going to get the job eventually. I, no, it's not a, it's not a job audition. I love Sonny. Sonny's my friend. They have guest hosts. Sonny's my friend. She's your friend? Um. Oh. Actually, she's not my friend. We all knew that was gonna come. I, I've only talked to her on DM a couple of times, but you know what? We're gonna we know we gotta do now. We gotta cook up a scandal. We gotta cook up a scandal, not with Sunny. Okay, we gotta figure You're out. You're not wrapping a scandal around me no, no, no. being on this no, show. No, 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 no. Not what I'm saying. So who's on the View? Who's on the View right now? Okay. Joy, okay. Joy Bear, Whoopi, Whoopi. Sarah Haynes, Sarah Haynes, Megan McCain, Sonny Hostin. Okay, Sarah Haynes is out. It's big rage time. I don't know who Sarah Haynes is. So the re- so here here's the deal. Okay. Uh, we got- Sarah's a friend, as you would say. <laughs> okay, well that's good. That's good. But she's got to go. Survival of the fittest is big rage all the way Stop. to the top. And Stop. so the reality is that we can't like we can't get rid of. Unfortunately, we can't get rid, rid of Megan McCain because you got to have a conservative a yeah. spice. Got to have the spice. Can't really get get rid of Joy. Joy is tenured. Uh, she is She's a legacy tenured. <laughs> tenured there. Can't get rid of Whoopi. She runs the show. Can't get rid of Sunny because Sunny's uh, one of my faves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sarah Haynes, get out of here. <laughs> Just because you don't back know her. to the soup. I'm kitchen. not trying to ask. Back you to always like kitchen. for me to take somebody's job. That's not happening here. I am just stepping. Oh, yes, it, I am just yes, it stepping did. in. And we're about to talk about it. You like that segue? You like that? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it did. And we're about to talk about it. But you stepped in. No, How no, was no. it? It's How live. It? I haven't it? done it yet. It's tomorrow. Oh, damn. That's it's right. a live show. Wow. I've done live so, TV in a uh, while, so I'm a little nervous because that's a fantastic platform. I'm, I'm just Rachel. a little nervous because I'm, I'm like, what you say, it's, it's out there. You know, I haven't done live. Rach, you should be on the View. Aw, thanks. You man. really That's should. Really sweet. Like you should be on the View, and I have a sneaking feeling that there'll be a negative Sarah Haynes. <laughs> Stop. Don't weeks. do my girl like that. People. She's. Oh, you still know people at your former place. Of I business? still know people. Stop. She's I still good know people. people. I can you know run who she one is. Up, she used to have the show Sarah. with Strahan after Good Morning America. Strahan and Sarah. Strahan and, and then Sarah. it was Let Kiki. Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. Strahan, because I don't think I know who that Kiki. is. Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. I like Kiki. Do they still do no, that? No, it's not, it's not on. Strahan it's not and on Sarah? Anymore. That's why she went to The View. That's what? why she became a permanent host on The View. So what did she do to get kicked out of Good Morning America? Maybe no, her nothing. old demons come back to haunt her. They just canceled the show. And they gave her another ABC show. 
Oh man, she could definitely go. I'm looking Van. at her right now. Nah, Van. She's out of here. Van. She's done. It's <laughs> Stop trying. at the top was short like leprechauns. Like it's like it's it, it, it's like look look at the way look at this. Okay, so I know what the scandal is going to be now. Everybody has to look look at this inappropriate <laughs> touching of Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan looks visibly shaken <laughs> and uncomfortable as his colleague Sarah Haynes. Wow, I, I basically got fired you, I for can this. Tell you wrote some stories. Uh, right, TMZ. I did. I wrote some stories. Look, <laughs> see, look, see what she's doing right here. See how she's got her hand around his sh shoulder like she... area. That's what they basically fired me for. She just did the same thing. Sarah Haynes pulled a because because you posed for no, a picture. No, because with I someone? put my with hand your hand touching them on the shoulder neck area of one of my coworkers who happened to be my best friend in the office. But whatever, we'll we'll, we'll leave out. Are you allowed to talk sure. about this? Um, yeah, okay. but she did the same thing. She's out. She's done. You'll be there by Tuesday. <laughs> Look, this is like over here. It's about big rage world domination, and we're not going to stop until we I shoot appreciate all the support. of the obstacles <laughs> down. But that's not how I want to go at it. No, <laughs> that's not how I want to go at Why it. Why did they go to the red carpet on uh, together? She probably to promote their show. Nah, man, this look a little bit. Stop. Sarah is married to an attorney. She's got three beautiful What's children. What's the attorney's name? I don't know. Max. 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 I can't think of Maybe his last name. Maybe I'll check in with him. See if he has any stories, any peccadilloes that he wants to get us. <laughs> okay, I'm just joking about getting Sarah, Sarah out of here, man. Sarah's cool. Um, that is a perfect that is a perfect platform for you, though. Opinionated Thank you. ladies. I'm a little well, nervous. I'm a little nervous. We'll see well, how it goes. Nervous? I don't really get nervous, but I'm, I'm, I never got to be on The View as a guest, as The Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. Other people did before me and after. Um, so it's my first time on the show. You know, I just want to make sure I hold my own, but also be respectful of other people when they have the mic. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm nervous for my facial expressions. You have the topics? Because we all know I can't control them. You don't know no, the topics. Not yet. When are they going to give you the topics? Mm -hmm. mm, late tonight, finalized tomorrow. Um, you got to get Megan McCain. This is what you gotta do. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not. I. I I'm not trying to. My goal is to not come after Let's people. Let's look at Megan McCain's tweets right now. Look, we we need to look. You're not thinking about this. You are you prepping me? You're prepping me for my my I'm spot. Not prepping you. you don't need my help. But I'll tell you one thing. In case you want, <laughs> in case you want some bullets in the gun, we should think about these things. You know what I mean? Let's see, Megan McCain. Megan McCain, Vice President. Hold on. Okay. Here's here's what Megan McCain has said. Um today? Yeah. Yesterday. The Cause she wasn't on yesterday, so she's gonna she's be ready to go. Twitter. Can someone in media who just isn't gonna slobber over all Dr. Fauci, over Dr. Fauci interview him? There are some serious and legitimate questions that he needs to be asked after this email dump that the American people have a right to know the answer to. I don't think that's quite critic, uh, quite controversial enough. We can't get her on that. Let's see what else we got here. I have a feeling we'll be talking oh, about that. Megan McCain. Here it is right here. Wow. Okay. Tweeted 12 minutes ago. In my opinion, the, the sacrifices of the African-American community. Oh, wow. This is actually kind of nice. The sacrifices of the African-American community on Memorial Day actually go overlooked 
and this is the day that we remind that we are reminded of the unity between all Americans. I think a proper celebration uh, for African American soldiers should be held in Africa, where all Black people should go back to right away. She tweeted that uh, about ten minutes ago, basically about ten minutes ago. She tweeted that uh, all Black people should go back to Africa. So. Um, <laughs> if you want to do something about that and maybe you know <laughs> but yeah look i'm trying to help you i'm trying to help you get to the next stage thank you van and i appreciate that i appreciate that because i know where your heart is and what you're what you're what you're doing for me don't does it go out. unnoticed sarah's thank out thank you and we're gonna get megan we're Stop. gonna get megan tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna tomorrow sarah's out uh so you're nervous what 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 are you nervous about would you say didn't I already answer no. this question? No, I want to know specifically what what makes you nervous. You 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 comport yourself so it's live okay. TV, you know. So it's it's out there, you know. Like there are no takebacks. Mm -hmm. It's live TV. Um, I've never been on this platform before. Just want to make sure that I ho hold right. my own, you know, that I don't make a fool mm -hmm. of myself. And I feel like some people have high expectations. I just want to make sure I meet them or You'll exceed them. It'd be great. Thank you. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Um, is this Zoom or you gotta fly up there and do it? No, it's Zoom. Oh, it's Zoom. It's Zoom. They're not in studio, or not all of them are in studio. So some of them go to the studio. I think one, maybe, maybe one, one does. does. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, it's getting pretty close to the fifteenth here. It's still, it's a couple of weeks away to where oh, things will start yeah. opening up here in old California. Are you? Are you? Um, <laughs> are you prepared for this? Are you prepared for the world to open back up? You ready? Well, I, I feel prepared now being out here in Texas. It's a weird thing. Nobody wears their mask anywhere. You walk into establishments, no mask. You know, once I stepped away from the uh, airport, maskless. So I kind of have gotten a taste of to what it's like. And, I, and, I, and I'm shocked at how quickly I adapted. Mm. I thought that I would still be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, California, we're not like that. We're still wearing yeah. our masks. And I was just like, you know what? I'm vaccinated. I'm making sure I'm careful. I'm not really touching hands. I'm not giving hugs. I'm still keeping my distance. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, true. They actually uh, changed the official song of Texas. It goes. What is What was the official song of Texas? It was Deep Texas? in the Heart of Texas. And it, it went. The stars at night shine big and bright. That's not how it goes now. It goes. The stars at night shine big and bright. <coughs> <coughs> That's so not funny. That's not funny. That's how it goes. That's not funny. Wilding. They wild. They really are wilding though. They really are wild. But I guess the numbers aren't super bad. You know what I mean? I guess things. I guess we're really moving towards between the vaccination. I wouldn't. And the prior I wouldn't notice. I wouldn't trust them. Whatever they are being under the the uh being governed by greg uh, abbott I, I just i wouldn't trust it inventing anyway, the so. abbott's great movie you never saw it correct but i've yeah. heard of it jennifer connelly hot okay joaquin phoenix what was it called inventing, inventing the, the abbott's it's a great story yeah. about a well-to-do family in this town there's not a black soul in this movie it's a well-to-do family it's a couple <laughs> of brothers and then like a couple of sisters it's Liv tyler Jennifer Connelly, it's the they're the Abbots. 
Okay, the the, the Abbots are the rich family, okay. and there's the the lower family, and it's a great it's a great movie, great movie. So so okay. we've All stalled right. enough, and we've acted as if the chit chat matters. We've talked about you on the View, we've talked about Texas. That's not what motherfuckers want to hear on this podcast today. Boom! Breaking news, higher learning listeners. Chris Harrison will not return to Bachelor in Paradise. He is being replaced by David Spade. Okay, sources tell page six. Spade was picked because he's a Bachelor superfan who's built a cult following among fellow fans because of his hilarious commentary about the show that he does out on his Instagram account. So, I didn't know that David Spade was a huge Bachelor superfan. He apparently is. Uh, Emmanuel Acho did not get the job. Okay, they didn't. We don't even know if he was going for it, so don't do that. We don't even know if he wanted it. So they're going to call Emmanuel Acho and ask him if he wants to host The Bachelor, and then he's going to say no. Okay. No, I'm sure sure he would. Maybe if it worked with the schedule, he works a full-time job at Fox Sports. He can't just travel on location and be gone for two months. Tell you, Fox probably said no. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out because he'll come on the podcast and I'll ask him <laughs> dead to his face. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Chris Harrison, Audi 5000. Rachel Lindsay, your thoughts? As Van takes a sip of water. Listen, I know you were so eager to talk about this as soon as you saw the headlines. I don't really have much oh to say. I will say... David Spade, I knew was a super fan. I actually met him backstage at Ellen when I was promoting The Bachelorette. I don't, I'm curious to see how this works. If you do follow David Spade and you've listened to his commentary, he is funny. He's got this dry sense of humor, especially when he talks about the show. And he's very sarcastic. And it's also very crude. And it's inappropriate. And it's not for family television. So I don't know how this is going to translate to him being the host on the show. Because if you if you try to like water him down, then he's not David Spade and he doesn't bring that energy into the role. He's gotta be funny. He's gotta be in character. So I just, I'm very curious to see how this works. I will tell you, it's got me intrigued. Never did I see David Spade taking the spot. I will add though, that it's not just David Spade. They say, they're saying that maybe he's doing two episodes and then they're gonna bring in other celebrity guest hosts Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, I think I don't think David Spade will have very much problems keeping it clean. He's been very much trouble, should I say, keeping it clean. He's been on network television before, and so I think he knows the guardrails that exist there. Uh, that's I, I okay. couldn't care less about, really, your thoughts on whether or not David Spade will be a good host. I'm sorry, but that's not what I wanted to hear. What I want to hear is... What, I know. Uh, you don't what, think like, I know he, that? Like David Spade <laughs> could be a good host. He might not be a good host. What do you think about the decision? How do you feel both internally and externally for the Bachelor franchise about the pretty seismic decision to not bring Chris Harrison back at this point? He's been a staple in the show for going on, what, 20 years or something stupid like that? So this is a monumental decision. What do you think? Well, first of all, I feel nothing. (laughs) Second, second, 
It's not this monumental decision when we've already seen him not host The Bachelorette. If this was the first um, season of something he wasn't hosting, then maybe so. I think we already kind of knew he wasn't hosting Bachelor in Paradise. So this wasn't that, what was shocking is who is hosting, not the fact that Chris Harrison is not hosting. I don't expect him to be hosting this next season of The Bachelorette either. Okay, so if we're having this conversation again, when they decide who's hosting that, I don't expect for it to be Chris. If Chris Harrison is going to come back, I think it'll be for The Bachelor. That's what I think. And it will, ha and it will be a lead that is white, which is why I don't see him coming back for Michelle's season. Um, so when they announce The Bachelor and we see who it is, then I expect a following announcement of whether or not Chris Harrison will be the host. I think they're trying to figure out to see how the audience is going to respond to the lack of Chris Harrison and how these guests. If hosted. the audience were to respond favorably to the lack of Chris Harrison, mm -hmm. do you think that there's a possibility that he wouldn't be brought back at all? Do you? hundred percent. You think that there's a possibility here that ABC is testing the grounds to see whether or not the franchise actually needs Chris Harrison. Correct. I think, my personal opinion, if the, if the ratings don't drop and everything stays the same or gets better, I don't think they'll bring him back because it's a business at the end of the day. So if your money isn't affected by this and your ratings are the same or better, then you can keep going in the way that you're going, bringing in different hosts or a whole new host, whatever does the job. If the ratings dip, which is to be like, I think a lot of people suspect that they will be because there's a lot of people saying they're going to boycott it. Then I think Chris Harrison being the host is mm. back on the table. Mm. It's a it's a business at the end sure. of the day. It's all about the money. Same reason they never had a lead of color because they were afraid it would affect the business. Like my season had lower ratings. And they used to say that's that's part of the that's reason largely, that they didn't have another lead of color. Your season Audience didn't respond to it well. That's largely due to Brian, I would suspect. I would, I'd give Brian probably like 60% of the blame there. Just Brian himself. I'm just saying. You want to try that again? It's probably run that Brian's by me again? Fault. You know, Brian is very, he's scary. Like, I'm scared of him. Like, he, he, he like, he's, he's got like this whole, <laughs> Brian, like, when Brian's around, he's like mysterious, right? You never know what he's thinking. Like, he's going to whip out a comb and be like, boom! And then comb his hair. And then you never know if. That's, that's this isn't Brian Grease is. Lightning. Brian is like. Man. <laughs> He's not Danny Brian, Zuko. He's Brian not Kanicki. is one of the Do most not. Danny Zuko niggas that's ever lived. The only dude <laughs> who is more Danny Zuko than Brian is actually Danny Zuko. I, I rebuke Wait, that. I rebuke why that. Why would you want Brian I'm not to be married Danny to Danny Zuko. Zuko? Danny Zuko is literally the coolest. Danny Zuko, Danny was, Zuko awesome. was a little. No. Danny Zuko was cool, but there was a level. There was also a, a level of cheesiness, associated to him. Watch Mel. Well, watch what you anything. say. I, I, I don't think he's cheesy at all. But I also don't think that Danny Zuko is cheesy. In heaven, all alone, I sit and wonder why, 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 why,
Oh, you left Sandy. Oh, Sandy. With the hot dogs? With the, with hot, the hot dogs, dogs at, in the background? The <laughs> like, she, like, 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 yeah. You know why she raped you? You know why she left you? Because you sexually assaulted her. That's why. You just, oh, Sandy. Yeah, that's why. Like, you sexually assaulted did. her. That's why she left. <laughs> then she came back at the end, and she was the evil version of herself. All you got to do in the 70s to be the evil version of yourself is wear black. She basically teased her hair and came back with all black and she was evil Sandy. I'm going to watch that shit tonight. I love that fucking movie. And, and here's the thing. This is the last thing I'll say about Danny Zuko before we get back to the point. Danny Zuko was a cool guy with like a heart of gold. And that's kind of what Brian is. But America wasn't feeling that in your season. They was like two Danny Zuko. Oh, way to redeem um, yourself. So, I'll take that. Chris Harrison not coming <laughs> back to the Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, what I'm going to do is I am going to start a GoFundMe for Chris Harrison. Um, it it it's getting it's getting to the Come point on, to where we really <laughs> I'm really concerned about this man. Let me tell you something. He's not coming on the show. So you can keep talking all this talk. It's show. not going to get him to come I on this Chris show. Chris Harrison on the show. Think about how far I can get Chris <laughs> Harrison to go. See, when Chris Harrison comes on this show, I'm actually going to be full MAGA. I'm going to lead him into the primrose path. I'm going to get Chris Harrison to say, I'm going to get Chris Harrison on this show to say that he only wishes he could have taken part in the January 6th insurrection. Like, I'm going to lead him down. Chris because because here's what you have to do as a black person if you really want to get your white friends to admit to their different schisms their different racisms all you have to do is lead them you know you go like next time you're out with one of your white friends try it try it say just say hey you know i'm glad we came to this restaurant because i'm gonna be honest with you cheesecake factory on the south side man I'm going to be real with you. It's got too many black people in it and they get super duper loud and watch your friend go. I'm glad you said it because I can't believe it. <laughs> 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 and I know I can get that. Oh out of Chris my God. I know I can. <laughs> um, uh, so you were, <laughs> I'm just saying, I know I can get Something's that out of Chris Harrison. You. I know I can get that out of Something's Chris Harrison. Wrong. Before I get it, I'll have Chris Harrison saying that we have lower IQs. Yeah, it's just a thing. Who are you to go against the evidence? Who are you? It's evidence. I, I can get it out of him. I know. Just come on. Come on, man. Come on, Chris. You, you're a jerk, bro. All right, so you're a big track person. You love the track. The track and field. I so do. one of the uh, most dynamic figures in the history of track and field is getting their own biopic. Yeah, Flojo. It's about Florence, time. Uh, Griffith Joyner is getting her own biopic, and it is being produced and will star. Is being produced by, should I say, and will star Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Uh, a press release came out. Tiffany Haddish says that she was a huge fan of Flojo growing up. And now she is going to star in the biopic. I say that. I say, Tiffany Haddish, ask Flojo, what do you think? 
Um, first of all, I want to say I'm happy that they're finally doing this on Flojo. It took long enough. We lost her way too soon and, and in such a, a very sudden way. I can't wait for this to come out. Big, big fan of her. Um, thought I was going to be her back in the day until I realized I um, was not meant for the Olympics or on the Olympic path. But um, I'm excited. I'm not here to, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I never thought about who would play Flojo if they ever were going to do a biopic. I'm just happy it's being done. I'm happy to see Tiffany Haddish produce it. I'm happy that she's a fan because I know she's going to do justice to the role, to the movie. So I'm excited for it. Is that, did you not have her picked as Flojo? Did you, you don't um, think she could do a good job? She could do a good job as Flojo. It's a, uh, I think it's a very, it's a high leverage situation for Tiff. Okay. Mm. Um, Tiffany Haddish came out and she was a, uh, an instant success. Well, not an instant no. success. She had been working for years. Yeah. But she, how about not an instant success? She burst onto the scene with, uh, with Girl Strip. <clears throat> and the movie was just amazing and she was so great in it. Since then, she's really kind of divided the audience, you know, amongst people who really love Tiffany Haddish and people who are off of her. And, you know, there's been a track record of some movies that some people went to and didn't enjoy as much if you listen to Twitter. You know what I mean? So a role like this in a movie that uh, it's always risky for the lead. Not so much if you're bl if you're white, because white people are allowed to make mistakes and make art that, you know, people don't like but for some reason amongst the black audiences you make something we don't like and then we must cancel you uh so uh, amongst those people she would have she's got to deliver this is going to be a big glossy film and it's very yeah. memeable if some of the scenes don't hit well and if and like the spotlight the focus all on you in this movie with someone of this stature it's always risky when you take on something like that, you know? Do we know if she's got the family support behind it? And is this going to be a movie, like, to the big screen? Or is this coming to television, like a miniseries? Or do we know anything about that? From what I um, from <laughs> what I understand, this is going to be a film. Okay. And she's getting in crazy shape for it. She's a consummate professional, so she puts her best, her best foot forward and all of this stuff. Um, but, you know, this is one of those ones, man. This is one of those ones where it can either propel you forward or knock you back. Yeah. You know, and uh, other actors have been in movies like that and delivered. And then there have been some actors that have been in movies like that. And it's really, really hurt their careers. And like who? Oh, wow. Good question. So like, Fle somebody... like Flex as Michael Jackson. <laughs> never forget never <laughs> have we seen him since <laughs> look it up if y'all don't know actually can we put oh up a graphic actually God. at this point in the podcast please let's put up a graphic yo wow uh <laughs> Yeah, well, that was VH1, though. I don't care. I would say. Those movies. Start, you have to um, know when to say no. Man, uh, no. So this is um, <laughs> this is going to be a film, and Flojo's widow, widower, 
Is it widow or widower when it's a guy? It's widow. The guy's Flojo's. That's a great question. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Uh, and her former coach, Al Joyner, is going to be a part of the movie. Okay, good. So he's training Tiff to wow. play Wow. So Tiff is in the best possible position to succeed here. Wow. And, you know, like I said, there's some people that come for her on the internet, and if she doesn't do a great job, then they're going to come for her. But that's the chance you take whenever you get into a big world like this. So it's a very important. And if she, if she nails this, she already out of here. But if she nails this, she out of here, out of here, out of here. Well, it puts her in a different... Out of here. Have we seen her play a, a serious role? You know this. She has. Okay, because I'm like, I don't, you know, I, me in the movies. Yeah, <laughs> she 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 has. But like I said, you know, people with with results that for some people are mixed. Hmm. You know, what movie? I think she's a top... Uh, so there was one that she did with... um, What's the lady's name? Melissa McCarthy. Hmm. Uh... And it wasn't too. It wasn't too long ago. They did. Was it with Melissa McCarthy? It was. Um. Yeah. It was definitely with Melissa McCarthy. I can't remember the name of it. I saw a little bit of it. Uh. Wasn't bad to me. You know. I think she's been. I think she just had and just was fucking fantastic in the funniest movie I have seen oh, in years. Bad Trip. She was amazing. Yeah. In Bad Trip. Yeah. Like amazing in it, so you know it'll be two straight hits for. Or like I said, there's people online that you know sometimes people get at her a little bit. So if uh if she drops the ball, then they might feel a certain way. Flexes <laughs> Michael Jackson. What is the greatest? What is the, the greatest, kitchen? The kitchen is the name of that movie you're talking about. The kitchen. What is the greatest VH1 biopic ever? VH1 Lifetime combined. Ooh. No, no, Lifetime's too hard. There's been too many. Um, so VH1 did TLC. TLC was good. Um, I I actually enjoyed the TLC one. You like that shit? I'm just making. I'm trying to figure out where to start from because are we including? They did TLC. They did Michael Jackson. They did Hammer. Not Hammer. Um, you didn't like the Hammer one? They had. Two I enjoyed parts, it just because I'm a I'm a Hammer fan, but. Right. Uh, what about the Temptations and the Jackson Five? Those were mini series. Those those weren't. Those don't include, right? You should. God damn, that's disrespectful. I just want to make sure. I don't. I was so young when they the aired. Temptations and the Jackson Five is like compared I to the VH1 no, 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 stuff. No, 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 that's no. like this. I don't know where 16, they aired. The Sixteen Chapel of fucking Louvre. No. Goddamn Mona Lisa. I don't know what network to, they aired on is what I'm saying. I don't know. I was so I think, young when they I came out. I think they were on, I think the Jacksons was on either NBC or ABC. The Jacksons, okay. a family dream. That's the Sistine Chapel. The American Chapel. dream. The, Get like it right. The, uh, the Jacksons, I think that's either NBC or ABC. Um, I want to say maybe ABC. And then the Temptations, I think also, um, I think the Temptations... That wasn't BET. The Temptations was. See, I don't know. ABC or something like that. Okay. I'm looking at both. It up right fantastic. Now. Um, but those were amazing, though. Like those were really good. And with with at bro, Angela Bassett was in the Jacksons. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Billy D. Williams, Vanessa Williams, Terrence Howard. Like that was a real. I know, I know, I know every word (laughs) in that movie. I'm just saying, I don't know. Okay, well, if we're going with so it was on ABC, it was on ABC. Okay, well, I guess TLC. Oh, TLC. See, I didn't finish watching Salt and Pepper. 
That was on Lifetime, though. Okay, that was Lifetime. Wendy Williams yeah. was Lifetime. Wendy Williams was Whitney Lifetime. Houston was Lifetime. Lifetime. Uh, I gotta I, go with TLC. Uh, you gonna go with TLC? I'm gonna go with Michael Jackson. I'm sorry. <laughs> Entertainment value is what I'm talking about. That was the disrespect. Amazing, bro. <laughs> Entertainment like in it that <laughs> is so funny. Hold on for a second. I gotta pull up a clip like that. Like, oh, hold on, like that. Like that was the Temptations was on NBC. Jackson Five was on ABC. Okay. I gotta pull up a clip of Flex as Michael Jackson. That shit was so funny. <laughs> it, it, and when we watched it, and it, they they only kind of they skirted around the edges as uh they skirted around the edges. Oh, hold on. They skirted around the edges of uh of of the child molestation stuff. And it was hilarious. Hold on. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I remember. Oh, I remember. Oh my God. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Oh my like, Lord. Have <clears throat> we seen Flex since? Somebody sent out somebody's. I'm serious. This is yeah. a bad mistake. Mm. All right. Uh, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, so now it's time to get to the politics of it. There is a debate brewing over critical race theory. Do you know what critical race theory is? Rachel, okay, going down to Texas. Uh, yeah. You got a cough now. Remember what I said earlier. Um, so here, I want to make sure everyone understands this out there. All the thought warriors that are listening to this, because they're going to hear about a debate um, uh, about uh, about critical race theory surrounding critical race theory. You're going to be asking yourself, what is critical race theory? Why does it matter? Why does it have its proponents? Why does it have its detractors? Okay. Um, the Republicans, uh, so critical race theory 
as I understand it. And Rach, if I get this wrong, please correct me. As I understand it, critical race theory is an examination of America's systemic of American systemic dysfunction, uh, using race as an indicator for some of the inequalities that we've seen that we've seen both historically and that we see today. And it's the framing of history through the lens of those inequalities and through how those inequalities were intentional and started around the time that the framers put the American system of government together. It is, if you will, uh, a view of American society through the lens uh, of the of systemic inequality uh hold on it is if you will a view of american society through that lens okay it's teaching through through the perspective of race and racism perspective of race and racism okay so people argue that teaching that and getting kids uh in schools or wherever they might be in jobs in, in in workplaces familiar with this will lead to an understanding of what we need from each other in society okay um opponents of that say that framing things in that way the opponents who happen to be conservative uh, argue that framing things in that way is divisive and leads to a more fractured america than a more whole america and there there uh, is legislation being proposed in different red states that will ban the teaching of critical race theory in schools. Now, the interesting thing about that is there's not very much teaching of critical race theory that's going on in schools. What you're really looking at is that critical race theory is being lobbied about uh, as sort of a political volleyball in order for uh, one side to be performative with their supporters and really drum up support, making people believe that there's some group that wants to uh, radicalize and racialize America and they have to be stopped at all costs. You're aware of this debate. Uh, I, I seriously mm-hmm. doubt you have a problem with critical race theory, but my question is do you see why anybody would? Do you see any is, the question for you is do you see any reason why anyone would have a problem with framing American society in this lens and discussing it in this way? No. Um, I think the people who are Mm. opposing it are twisting the definition of what critical race theory is. I mean, you've got a point of view out there from the Republican side or or people, I mean, I should just say Republican people who oppose it that are saying that this critical race theory is, uh, asserts that people with white skin are inherently racist. And they're trying to, I guess, play on people's emotions and make it feel like their whiteness is threatened in some kind of way, or it's about political correctness or cancel culture. And they're playing on these emotions. And I think that that's the wrong way to do it. And I think that's how they're getting more people to oppose it. But that's not what critical race theory is. And I just find it very interesting that if all we're supposed to be having these conversations and we're supposed to be understanding how we got here, if you don't recognize and understand what our country was built on and what it's about, then how can you ever move forward to a better place? If you continue to brush it under the rug, it's going to come it's going to come out if the institutions that our country was built on are inherently racist. And I think that that's all that it is. It's history to me. It's education to me. It's not attacking a specific race. It's not attacking a certain 
type of person. It's about recognizing how this country came to be. And to me, I, I guess the question I ask myself is, hmm. what are you so afraid of for this theory to be taught? What scares you? Why is it such a problem for you? What has you so rattled that people can't understand that maybe, hmm. maybe the people who started this country were racist? Maybe some of the institutions that have hmm. been existing in our society from since the beginning hmm. of time were uh, built, Well, the were answer to that racist. is- Why is that a problem? Cuts across, it cuts against the American ideal. It cuts against the thing that you have to believe in order to maintain the status quo. And it's a very simple concept, and we both know it, right? The status quo is maintained not by who is uh, super talented, but by who is super flawed. So in any group of people, there will be talented people, right? There will be people that rise above their circumstances. We always talk about uh, some mathematician yeah. from Calcutta who manages to, you know, it, 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 traverse great fucking overcome great obstacles in their life to become something. And then what you do is you say, Hey, you look at that person, wherever they are, whoever they might be. And you say, Hey, if they mm -hmm. can do it, you can do it too. Which on its face seems like it makes sense. Right. But in further analysis, it doesn't. What really makes sense is providing people with a different matrix of choices so that they are better equipped to choose outcomes um, that benefit themselves and the society around them. And in order to make sure that that happens, what you have to do is take a critical look at that society and how the choices that they were born with um, affect them and the people in their community and where those things come from. And you can do that without actually villainizing anyone. You guys, if you want George Washington, you can have him. You can believe that. I mean, you can. If you want George Washington, you can have him. If you want Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> you can have him. If you want uh, any of those guys, right? All of those guys, if you want them, you can have them. I'm not. I'm not going to come down on anyone for uh, for you know deifying those guys. I'm not. But what they wrote. Okay, forget about emotions, forget about any of what they wrote stands for all eternity for us to analyze. What they meant, the systems they put in place, mm -hmm. stand in eternity for all of us mm -hmm. to look at and study. And the reason why we study it is because we have to. If in the Declaration of Independence, there's talk of savages and those savages just happen to be Native Americans. We have to look at that because in my opinion, what then happens is those savages, as they are referred to, uh, we know them to be what's called actually human beings with their own civilization. And then when they are exterminated and wiped off the face of the continent that they inhabited, the question then becomes, well, why? <clears throat> and then you have to ask you have to yeah. ask yourself does one thing have to do with the other if somebody is three-fifths of a human being is it easier to take their rights away from them okay so like 
it, mm-hmm. I'm I myself, amongst other black people, are always accused of being emotional. Critical race theory is actually de-emotionalizing the situation. I'm not talking about the fact. If I'm not saying fuck George Washington, he was a racist. Right. I'm not saying all of that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about <clears throat> the systems as they exist to take a sanitized, unbiased, level-headed look at the building blocks of the country and how things went so we can understand which potholes not to drive in next. I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to do that. Like any, If, if you come into something that's dysfunctional as American society clearly demonstrates itself to be, <clears throat> The first thing you would do, even if this was a business, if this was a bar, what any new owners or any group of mm-hmm. people that wanted to change, they'd go through the bar and they'd find out what's been wrong. Unless you in some way were benefiting exactly. from what was wrong before. So I, I don't get it. And I really would like to have a good faith conversation. I might bring Kamel Foster on for this if you're down for that, Rachel. I would like to have a, a good faith conversation with someone who really, who who disagrees, and so we can That's really hash fine. it out. I think those people would say that it's at, as what you said at the top of this this topic. They feel like it it t- sets us back. We're not moving forward. It's hurting our society because we're so much better than we used to be. And to that, I would say. If that's the case, then why did we just go through what we went through in 2020? Why is there inequality when it comes to wealth and, and, and income mm-hmm. and, and other areas and health and housing and all these things? I am tired of the narrative that we're supposed to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. We're supposed to ignore things that have happened in the past because things might be a little different. I'm not going to say better necessarily, but a little different than they were a few decades ago. That's not how things work. They want us to hold hands, pretend that the world is colorblind and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. But if you're a person who's affected by it and you're seeing that these things have not changed and there are these issues and these problems out there, then you can't ignore this. And you have to understand how we got here and why these things are in place. Mm. <clears throat> don't say anything. I can't. Mm. <laughs> I lost my voice. I can't. <laughs> Big rage heating <laughs> up. I'm gonna be a mess. Big tomorrow. rage heating up. Ooh, yeah. You gotta rest those pipes. You're gonna be on the view tomorrow. Right? You're gonna be on the view tomorrow. I need some Vicks. I'm telling you, sounding like Keith Richards looks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like it's like it's crazy. You gotta you gotta keep yo, know, you got to you do you are you you're gonna be here or are you gonna be uh I'm gonna be in Houston. You gonna be in Houston? Do it. I'm gonna go to a studio. You gonna need a better signal than what you got right now. That's for sure. You know, a better what? A better signal than what you got right now. <gasps> you talking talking about my grandmother's house? Does it? Yeah, no. Your grandmother got some. She got some underground railroad internet. Is what she has. <laughs> she, does. <laughs> she does. That's a that's the Harriet Tubman dial up special that you on over there. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> um, doesn't Chris Harrison live in Texas? Yes. What if you ro- unless no, he lives in California. I, I think he has a house. What if what if what if you rolled up on Chris Harrison right now and asked him? I wouldn't even know where to. If you to could come that. in and use his Wi-Fi to record the view, <laughs> that would be so crazy. Can you imagine? That's so crazy. Knock knock knock. <sighs> you think you'd open the door? Hell yeah. 
Or you think I would just hear the nah, song? Nah, right now he probably would do anything. He probably <laughs> would take a picture of you while you were doing the view and be like, my good friend, black lady, <laughs> Rachel Lindsay stopped by to do the view. I'm so helped. To, I'm so happy when I can see a mocha chocolate newbie and queen of the other verse. <laughs> you love to talk about him. He's so funny. You already got your headline. Poor okay? bastard. I feel nothing is going to be the headline. I didn't even think about that. I feel nothing. <laughs> I feel nothing. That's so true. Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, <clears throat> Memorial Day. So I made a joke earlier about Memorial Day and Meghan McCain's tweet. Meghan McCain did not tweet that. So before she gets upset and calls me out, she did not tweet that. However, there was a dust up, and, and sometimes racism is funny. I'm not gonna lie. I sometimes get a kick out of racism. It's hilarious. Well, I think so. You just got to laugh through something. No, I'm not laughing no? to cope. Okay. Sometimes it's actually funny. Okay. It's, you never feel that way? It if it's so ridiculous, yes. Mm -hmm. If it's just so <laughs> ludicrous, yes. Sometimes I will laugh. So, <laughs> is that one of these moments? Before that, I get to it, we was in Baton Rouge one time. <laughs> it's me and my friends. And it's this really nice restaurant there. I won't. Um, it's a lot of really nice restaurants. So I won't really bring up the name of the place. And me and my boys decide we're gonna go out and celebrate my last homie turning twenty one at this restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it's a fancy place, so you gotta dress up. So we were all dressed in the best way that we could be dressed at twenty one. I didn't have very many. You know what I mean? And so we we yeah, go to yeah. the restaurant. We had like an eight thirty mm -hmm. reservation, and we we, we go there. And we waiting for like 15 minutes <laughs> and then, but we talking so we don't realize, right? And then we waiting like <laughs> 30 minutes. And then one of my homeboys goes, hey man, like, yo, somebody go up there and see what's going on with the table. <laughs> and we go up there and they say, just one second. And he goes, actually, you guys aren't really like, I don't know, kind of like appropriate. For 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 what's going on inside of here? So you guys mind if we put you a little bit closer? And one of my homeboys went, "Damn!" <laughs> Hold on, for a second. Hold on for a second. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. One of my homeboys went, "Damn, y'all really on some nigga shit, huh?" And, and and he said it so loud, and he was so pissed off, and it was obvious that they didn't want five young black guys dining at the front of their restaurant that we all just bust out laughing. We we all just bust out. But he was pissed. Like, Damn, y'all really on some nigga shit. Like, it just dawned on him. Like, this is really racist. And sometimes, moments like this are super funny to me. In this Wait, wait, wait. Did y'all eat at the restaurant? No, hell no. Please finish the story. No, hell okay, no. Okay, y'all left. All right. Okay. We left, and then we got to messing shit up on our way out the door. It was terrible. Like, they had this little mint thing. My nigga knocked, knocked the over? mint thing over. And like, oh and, like, we gave them, we gave them the niggas they wanted to see then. I was going to say, just playing in all their stereotypes yeah, like, that they had. Like, we was like. Racist like, stereotypes. At, at this right point, now. we like. And we just started saying random shit like, yo, man, we'll fuck this bitch up. Bye, man. And like, we knocked over the mid train. Like, we, we, and then we got in the car laughing. And I think we went to Subway. And like, that's what we ended up eating for because we were super hungry by that point. 
And all you did is solidify what they already thought about. Whatever. You. They did it first. We came there on some. They did it they first. They did. <laughs> we came there on some chill shit. I was dressed up. I had a pair of Eastlands on. Do you remember Eastlands? No, Y'all don't remember Eastlands like the 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 half casual shoe that you could wear with some khakis and think that you was dressed up. So look up. Uh, let's get a graphic. Look, yeah, let's get yeah a graphic. I had some Eastlands on. I had some Eastlands, some khakis. If I don't know, Trudy and, and they were, Donnie and they was tucked into a. Uh, they was they was tucked into a um, into like a uh, so my my khaki pants. You seen the Eastlands? Yeah, I have some Eastlands on. Yeah, right. You too can have Eastlands at DSW for seventy nine ninety. Right, I had some Eastlands oh on, God. and like we, I had dressed up, you know, and I was. Uh, yeah, these were dressy. Yeah, they were these they were dressy. dressy. They were like dressy, but you could rock them. Eastlands were very mm -hmm. like. Uh, that was a popular shoe back in versatile. the day. Versatile. Sure. It's very versatile. You could block rock with a lot of different stuff. So anyway. Uh, back to the actual news topic that we were going to discuss. <laughs> According to the Akron Beach Journal, there was an incident that occurred during an event marking the Memorial Day holiday. Okay. So this all got started when retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Bernard Kempter started to deliver his remarks. This is hilarious. Guys. Who is white? Who is white? Kempter. Kempter. Kimter is white. Kimter was the keynote speaker of this Memorial Day event. He started, to, he got up there, and, you know, he's a lieutenant. He's a commissioned man. He starts talking about how much Memorial Day means and all of that. Uh, mm -hmm. And then he started talking about the discovery of newspaper clippings and handwritten notes that showed that a group of free black people were among the first people to commemorate the Memorial Day holiday. And just when my man, Barney Kempter, was getting to the black part, they cut his mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. I didn't laugh, but you're making me laugh now. Oh my God. They cut his mic. Barney's up there like, oh, yo, shout out to everybody that's laid down there. And I just want to make sure that you guys know that uh, a large portion of this was black Americans who Why are you doing that? Because that's what it was like for him. <laughs> I just got that. I'm so slow. I'm so slow. Just, for a second I thought it was I thought it was my grandma's internet. No, that's what it was like for my man Kempter. They just cut him off. And by the way, they, this is what I like about this, right? This is what I like about this. They didn't even run from this. No. They didn't. They didn't run from this. They said that uh, what he was saying didn't fit in the theme and what they wanted to convey for that evening. Yo, you can't tell, Rach, you can't tell me that's not funny. That's hysterical. You know what? Let me, let me, I, I'm actually glad to hear you introduce this topic because I'm gonna tell you, I didn't laugh when I saw it because all I thought, first of all, I had did not know this. So this was news. You're talking to about me. like in South Carolina, the start of the Memorial Day and stuff? Yeah. Yes, I didn't know that. So I would have been front and center, really trying to listen to what he had to say. And then I guess coming off the hills, 
of the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa massacre and just again to be silenced, to be cut off. Someone's trying to talk about history of black people and you're trying to make, you're trying to silence that, erase that and not recognize what black people have been, have done in history. Mm -hmm. I guess for me, I'm thinking about that and it's not funny to me because here we are in present day 2021 and it's still happening. Not only did it happen, it proudly happened. They told a local news station, yep, no, it wasn't an engineering issue. We did it. We cut it off. It didn't fit the program. It didn't fit the thing. Mm. Mm. I just, first of all, this man should be our unexpected ally. Of he America. is. Of course he is. He's the most unexpected of allies. He's both the most unexpected and the most ally that we've had in weeks. <laughs> Lieutenant Kempter, I would love to have him on it. Now, I'll be honest with you. It's always a 50-50 ball game when you have a, a white dude of Kempter's age on there. Cause you never know what he's gonna say. He might, you might get Kempter on there, and he might say, "I learned my lesson." Remember my neighbor? He might say, "I look, I was just doing my best to try to give them niggers their due." No. You know, I, I'm no. not gonna say that, but the, not, I just the lieutenant would not do that. The colonel, what is it? The lieutenant colonel. Name title, lieutenant right? Colonel. Lieutenant colonel. Lieutenant colonel. Lieutenant colonel would not do that. I, I, I'm so like everybody read up on this because I had, I had no idea. And I hope maybe I'm alone on this, but I had no idea no, no. that they were, you know, exhuming uh, bodies and giving them a proper burial and individual graves with honors. And I, I just I, I just did not know any of this. So I, I, and just the fact that this was a white man bringing this to light and they tried to silence him. How does what he was talking about not fit in with Memorial Day? Could you can you explain that to me? It's the very most American it's about of Memorial sentiments. Day. It's about the very most American of sentiments. He is looking reaching Black across a cultural line and, and looking to honor people who were patriots and you're right it's about memorial day yeah so <laughs> this organized this organized this was uh the the first day was like this was organized by freed slaves and some white missionaries and it took place may 1st 1865 so in and of itself memorial day is a unifying thing if you look at it through that lens freed slaves right. and some white missionaries um, in Charleston, South Carolina, at a former planter's racetrack where Confederates held captured Union soldiers during the last year of the war. At least 257 prisoners died, many of disease, and were buried in unmarked graves. So black residents of Charleston decided to give them a proper burial. My, I have chill bumps right now thinking of how black you people... You knew about this? Yeah, I knew about it, but only because it was a meme like a couple of years ago. This is not something that I would learn learned in high school and college. I learned it maybe like 2019, there was a meme that was going around about it, but I did. I had no clue either. Uh, Ten days uh, leading up to the event, two dozen African-American Charlestonians reorganized the graves into rows and built a 10-foot-tall white fence around them. The archway overhead spelled out Martyrs of the Race Course in black letters. Uh, that is some of the earliest remembrances and earliest uh, commemorations of Memorial Day. Um, and there were 10,000 mostly black people who participated uh, in the tribute on May 1st. And it was documented by the Charleston Daily Courier and the New York Tribune. Uh, school children, um, everyone was involved. They sang We'll Rally Around the Flag. They sang The Star Spangled Banner. Uh, they sang all kinds of different stuff, and it was a procession. They 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 really got it cracking, and that is something that, once again, as we were talking about a little while ago, it's not emotional; it's historical. Black right. people 
were at the forefront of that. And that's beautiful. Think about black people in 1865 having even a shred of patriotism. If that's not worth after what they've after been what through. they've oh. been through, if that's if that's I don't know why you wouldn't want to celebrate that. It's weird. Sometimes it's it's boy, I, I tell you what, man. That's right. Change that tune. It, uh, Change that tune. Uh, no. It's, no, I, I'm just saying, man. I, I hope somebody somewhere can hear me. I'm not mad. I'm not about to get emotional or do all that stuff. But God damn, man. If y'all don't make y'all so, and I don't hate anyone, but these people make themselves easy to hate, man. I, I it That's wild. Like, it, it, this is objectively a beautiful story of unity and remembrance. And that's what the lieutenant colonel was trying to put forward. And but you gotta ask yourself why they would want to keep people from knowing that. It, it, it's just why? weird. Like, okay, why? It's not weird. It's racist. It's racist. It's, racist. it's, it's not. It's, it's racist. Period. And the fact that they tried to silence that, and you ask why we get upset when we have these. That's why I guess I couldn't laugh when I was reading it because it's so ridiculous. That you would try to hide that from people. Yeah. And this obviously was important enough for the Lieutenant Colonel to want to bring it to the forefront. It's still funny though. I don't care. That's that. <laughs> like, that that nigga was like. And it was actually started by a woman named Jamisha Scales and Roquan. And they cut the shit as soon as they heard the black names. Quick. Uh uh-uh, uh. That's not what we're here for. Mm mm. We got to eat this potato salad. You're not about to ruin but our potato give, salad by talking about no damn black people and no, we don't want to know we that. Give, can we give props to him too? Because they saw, his, they read his speech before and tried to take that out. And he still was like, no. Kempter is a G. I'm going to talk about this. Kim, I'm going to talk Kempter about it. not playing? I'm telling you. Kempter not playing. Man, shout out to Kempter. I want him on the show. I want him on the show. Barnard, yeah. Barnard Kempter. Retired Lieutenant Army Colonel. Retired Lieutenant Colonel, should I say. So those in Ohio. I want I want him on the show. Just being not even doesn't even have an allegiance to right or wrong, left or right. Has an allegiance to the truth and history. It's amazing to see. It's amazing to see. Okay. Uh yeah, but look, you guys, we have a, a special, a special treat for you here. After the break on higher learning, we got one of the most legendary comedians of all time. We're doing great in our comedian bags, but mm-hmm. you know, this guy's up there, up there, up there. We got Cat Williams, the star of uh, Meet the Blacks yes. 2. So going to join us on the other side of this break. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. You guys, it's not often that we get to use the L word on the podcast, but... (laughs) We are definitely using the L word on the podcast today, and that L word is legend. Oh, we have an absolute legend in his field on the podcast today. Cat Williams, who is the star of The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2, joins us today on Higher Learning. 
Brother, we are pleased to have you. <laughs> thank you. What a fine introduction, man. Thank you so much. And thank you, Rachel, as well. So when I say that, when I described when I describe you as a legend in comedy, do you feel like that's an apt description of Cat Williams? Legendary, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At what point? Cause see, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I I don't really, I don't really, I, I'm I don't know what that's like. At what point did you look up at yourself and was like, "Yo, I'm one of the greats to do this ever. I'm one of the best at this of all time, and nobody can take it away from me." Uh, during the pandemic. Oh, it was during the really? pandemic. Really? Okay. Why really? do you say that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you really, I have been working for, on humility for um, this last portion of my life. Um, those of us that go through the commandments, there's some that we're just not good at. Um, patience and humility <laughs> were things that I needed to work on, and that's what I um, worked on. Um, by the same token, though, um, it's bad for our community, for our business, if we act like the good people in our business are the villains, um, because then it means that our villains are somehow put on a pedestal as good guys. And um, in our business, it's the body of work that speaks to what you are in our field, um, the quality and the quantity of the work that you put out. And um, so based upon that is why I accepted the um, L word, just just because the work has been put in, um, just because the content is put in, the care has been there, um, the fact that the things hold up over time. And, and because you are a legend, what is your take on the current state of comedy right now? Like, in, in especially in regards, because I don't know if I've heard you talk about it, just like with cancel culture and comedy and people feeling like they can't be them true selves on the stage. What's your take on all that? <clears throat> um, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy in the game that appreciates that. There, there has to be bounds. Um, Cancel culture is not really a thing. See, cancellation doesn't have its own culture. This was a part of people of color's culture. And we needed something that would police our people that were being trashed and um, physically, mentally, and financially raped in our business by people that were wealthier and bigger than them. And then they were able to sweep their small voices under the rug. And that's what cancel culture was for, was to um, make sure that there was a recompense for whatever action you did. So I'm not one of those people that thinks it's a bad thing. I'm not really sure who we think got canceled that shouldn't have been. So you have to understand that when things evolve, you either evolve with it or you evolve against it. And there is no such thing as that. I, I don't want to call somebody something that I shouldn't call them. When if I had known that, I could have found something else to call them. You understand? So um, nobody likes the speed limit, but it's there for a reason. Nobody wants to be on the shoulder of the road because it's bumpy, but 
that's to wake you up to get back in lane. And most people that are complaining about not having anything to say didn't have anything to say in those years when they could say whatever they wanted to. They didn't make mm. it then either. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, I was, I'm going to be honest with you. I was not expecting that answer from you, brother, because you've always said whatever you wanted and been there. And, you know, I talked to a lot of comedians and I have comic friends. And it seems to be kind of a, a, a running narrative amongst the the, the 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 comic community that they feel a little shackled by what it is that they can and cannot say these days. You just you hear everybody everybody talking about it, right? Because because I'm not that outspoken for the sake of being outspoken. Um, they they say that I'm outspoken because no one pays me. So I don't have um, in nine, 10, 11 specials, I don't have anybody that put up money to see Cat Williams be successful or took him out on the road and exposed him. This was me financing, writing, doing every set for 16, 100 city tours. Like this was our same entity doing this. So we, we don't have to be beholding to entities because we've not taken anything from any entities. Just mm -hmm. because there are bad elements doesn't mean that you can now say, yeah, you, you can't, you scared to say anything now. What, 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 <laughs> what did you think you were saying before? Those jokes weren't famous, those ones when you could say whatever you wanted, you know what I mean? So um, I, yeah. you can expect me to have a different um, answer to the questions that people have agreed upon because that's what makes me um, a legendary comic is that if you line me up with a hundred other comics, I'm not going to say what 99 comics said. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's where you um, get a legendary status in comedy. Is it me or you? It's you. It's okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kat. Um, you, Rachel. <laughs> I saw where Saweetie was talking and she was talking, I don't know, she might be talking Breakfast Club or something like that. And she was saying how one of your jokes helped her get over people hating on her. Her dad showed her a joke of yours where you talked about haters and how that's a good thing. If you got 14 haters, you need 20 more or something like that. Do you yeah. hear that a lot about the work that you do? Like people coming up to you saying, hey, like this joke helped me through this. Cause this, I, I mean, like, the depth of the things that you talk about, even most recently, what you did with Supreme. I really feel like your jokes help people. Sorry, I lost my voice. I had a good weekend, Kat. That's okay. Um, I love when a woman's <laughs> voice sounds like that. It means a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, do you hear that a lot? Like, Sweetie's comments of people coming up to you and saying, your comedy helps them get through things or over certain things. Yeah, well, A, it's for them. So I'm not um, surprised that it, it's benefiting people. That's who the medicine was prescribed to, that's number one. Uh, number two, anything that you hear me saying to my audience is something that I'm also saying to myself first. That's the relationship with my, that I propelled me to a higher place. I don't think there's anything more important on this planet than a woman, period. Because that's how I feel, that bleeds into everything that I do. It's not a thing that was done because a movement came. I really love my people, even at the worst of them. Um, so that comes through. Um, I need um, someone to understand 
that hatred is part of it. It went for Gandhi, it went for Jesus, it went for Muhammad, it goes for you. And if you understood that that was part of what comes with it, then you'd understand that the, the rind comes with the orange. The seeds, are in, the seeds are in the watermelon. You understand that you don't eat the silk off the corn, the corn's up under. These are pieces to God's creation. And if you can have somebody give that to you, um, even if it's comedically, it can help. And it's not gonna apply to anybody except the people that were already great, the people that just needed a word, the people that, and that's, that's who I service. So I'm no different than anybody else who loves their job, but I really love my job. I was the only really care about in the world. So it's, it's a blessed place. So I'm gonna ask you that, you know, comedy is, is, is bustling right now. A lot of guys out there and you, you, there's a lot of dudes out there doing it at a very high level. You know, it's just like tears of comedy. You, and, yeah. and to you, what makes a legendary comic? Like, what are the ingredients? I'm sure you would you would uh, agree that Dave Chappelle is a legend. I'm sure that you would agree that Chris Rock is a legend. And, and you know, there are other guys like obviously Kevin Hart has 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 done his thing and he's up on that kind of legendary status. Now, what and, and, and you're there and there's a lot of different people that are up there. Bill Burr all over the place. Like what makes a legendary comic? Like what makes a comic to you? Like what are the ingredients? Because I'm hearing you talking about longevity. You're talking about originality. What makes all what like what's the what's the elixir? Um, all of the comedians that you named, with no exception, were working in 1999 mm. and were well on their way to being famous. Okay. Um, meaning that you can already enter yourself, like with any workplace, into a field of people knowing that you're good. And you have to be good for a portion of time in order to be great. And then you have to be great for a, a portion of time to become legendary. You follow what I'm saying? There's no, short, there's no shortcuts to any, any of this. So Ja Morant can be the greatest version of himself. He's just coming out and he can just come out and you can say and watching him for just this playoffs, man, that dude's gonna be great, right? Mm -hmm. LeBron on 17th, 18th, 19th season is a whole different element of greatness. Part of the upper tier is not what's happened good for you. It's what has happened messed up in your life also as well during this period of time that you were able to supersede. You follow what I'm saying? Richard Pryor doesn't of comedy without being a crackhead, without freebasing, without sleeping with guys, without marrying seven women. This is all part of this dude's story and the legendary goat status is that he was able to do all of that and still be the goat in our framework and um at some point that's where longevity comes into play but our field has always been busy and there is great talent out there whether they came through instagram or snapchat or TikTok. um there are some really great, funny young minds that have entered our comedy space, and that's what comedy always does. Who's the funniest new guy that you like? Is there anybody in particular? 
<clears throat> well, we, we would have to quantify um, new guy. Okay. Be only because, you know, in comedy and stand up, especially, you can be doing this thing for five to seven years and still consider yourself and be considered a new comic. Um, okay. A lot of these Billy Strills and delays have only recently gotten the status that they think. And the issue becomes, okay, let's say you do have it. You've got the crown. Well, part of the rest of this is how you carry it, how you hold it, and how long you keep it up there. And so that's what the uh, Tony Bakers and the uh, Tahirs, and uh, that's what these new guys bring to that forum is, uh, you know, Kev on stage. These guys are giving you different variations of, um, of our craft, and that's important as well. Mm. Kat, does it bother you when people make certain assumptions about you because of something that they've read or they think they know? Or like even most recently when you were talking to Fat Joe and he was talking to you about comedians and drugs and how he perceives that, does that bother you when you hear stuff like that? Um, I'm empowered by a lot of the things that bother me. It's hard for me to complain about the fuel. I, I have in the past allowed those um, things to be said just because I don't really mind people being dumb and dumb <laughs> people aren't part of my fan base. So if you if you if you wanted to believe that Cat Williams was anything negative, then first and foremost, you should be able to beat him. So even if he was all the things that you labeled him with, it doesn't explain how he outworks you on a consistent basis in every lane, movies, TV, stand up. As a person, he looks better. What? A lot of the things don't add up, but they're done by the system purposely. So if they can't find something positive to say about you, they will find negative things to say. And um, apologies and, and things are not even built in our system. So in our system, it's a part of a thing to say, this person was charged with these crimes. Um, but there is no part of the system that makes those same people come back out and go, the charges were dismissed because the guy was innocent. And we should have never subjected it. None of that ever comes about. And at the end of the day, it's easier for people to believe bad things about you. Um, to believe good things about a person uh, means an investment in character. Um, it's much easier to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sweats on stage, drugs. Uh, <laughs> the uh, other way would be, maybe that's the only guy on stage not wearing makeup. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't need to lead the witness. <laughs> feel, feel however you'd like to feel. I have eczema. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm performing for ladies who want to see me sweat the hair out. I, I, I don't have the concern of penises because that's not my fan base. And, and when I, even when I said that, people were like, he thinks he's got the most, he's got the most uh, female fan base. My fan base is 86% female. Is that enough? Is that enough? Is that, does that not already put <laughs> blessed amongst the men? I'm I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that they're talking. Back in the day, they said, used to say, all press is good press. They stopped saying that. Uh, they used to say, <laughs> well, just be worried when they stop talking about you. Um, but yeah, longevity <laughs> works with rumors really well. Um, so look, there's a Cat Williams clip that I watch all the time. And I don't okay. know if people are going to be mad at me for saying that this is the one that I watch all the time. Because uh, okay. it was very controversial. 
Oh, it wasn't very controversial. It was uh so a couple of years ago you went on V103 in Atlanta. Do you remember that? Um and that's yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and it was and and this right here and I and I and I want people to it, when you watch the clip, watch the stages leading up to what happened. Everybody's having a good time. People are going back and forth and then for some reason the signals get crossed and you can tell on Cat's face that he felt like somebody was coming for him. And the lady's name was uh, Wanda, and she was a comedian down there in Atlanta. And Kat just, <laughs> what, what, am I wrong about that? Am I saying it wrong? Am I, am no. I saying yes. Like, okay, okay, yeah. tell me. What, Two okay. of those things are wrong. Okay, and okay. they shade the whole thing. Okay, so, tell me what happened. Tell uh, me what happened. Because this is a legendary viral moment of Cat roasting a female comedian, a cat roasting, a, I shouldn't say female, a cat roasting a comedian that was the co-host of Frank Ski's show. Oh, he's, he's shaking he his head. He said no. Okay, what, 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 okay, what happened? Okay, so there were two things at play. Okay. At play was, this was not my moment. This was not supposed to be my moment. This was supposed to be another comedian, Red Grant. Red Grant, shout out Red Grant. moment, right? Mm -hmm. This person comes to me and tries to make it, Kat, can't you say hi to your people? Atlanta loves you. I represent Atlanta and you just won an Emmy for Atlanta. I don't want to talk about your personal life. I don't want to talk about your kids. I just want to big up you to my crowd. That's how this was set up. So automatically when she goes into kids and whatnot, it's already off the rails at that point. I'm telling her, ma'am, I've watched you and your response when my name is brought up on your channel. It was the fact that she went out of her way to say that wouldn't be the case. You follow what I'm saying? I don't, I don't do that at my comedy shows. I'm not a comedian that picks on the audience. I, that's not a part of my, of my thing. Uh, Atlanta is famous for roasters, but I'm not a roaster. I'm a fighter. Also offended because I know all of, I know the majority of female comics in this business. And I know that as a big time male comedian, you have to go out of your way to hire these female comics so that they are represented. And my fan base is female. So I make sure that I bring female artists mm. for my fan base to see. That woman is not a comedian then or now. That woman was never a that that was nobody's favorite comic ever. That's not wasn't a comedian. That was a radio personality that used to come and do comedy shows and host and steal people's material. This was a hack. So there was no respect comedically. It was actually disrespect. And so that's how it was handled. My job was to use no curse words to not demean her in any way. And if your husband pulls a pistol out on me, not make sure that he goes to jail for the rest of his life, destroying your family. These are the G things I have to do in these scenarios because those type of people can never win in any scenario. Mm. Yeah, mm. She, de she definitely didn't win in that one. That, that <laughs> <laughs> No, because you have to be delusional to want to engage yourself with me like that. <laughs> <laughs> like understand I was on Wild and Out. I was 35 years old in them there with them youngsters. Mm. What you want to play with it on any level, however you want to deal with things. I work too hard. I try too much. I care too much. Beating me is no, no, it's unnecessary. Mm. Would <laughs> would you last question for me, because I know Rachel's got a couple. Would you ever see yourself doing a movie? 
with Kevin Hart. Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, big time comic deal, leaking up. When these people say these things to you, they're only saying these things for your reaction. They're saying that because that's what they want people to say. If you look back on their IMDb, you'll probably notice they already were. They have done movies, yeah. You follow what I'm saying? Mm. They probably had the movie Two Minutes of Fame with me and Jay Farrow, and it was probably on the LOL network, and you decided to not be in the movie with your own art. Like, no, mm. I, I I don't do that. That That's what this movie here shows. I'm not, uh, I'm not an ego-driven person. Um, I, I want what's best for the audience, no matter what the size of my role is. It's, I know young Cat Williams is in that theater and he wants to see what I'm gonna do. And he believes that I'm gonna give it 100%. If it's on stage, if it's on TV, if it's on film, he feels like I'm 100% invested. Only care is making him laugh or making her laugh. And that um, that's what I try to bring to this sport. And I feel like if that's how you felt, you probably are better than the rest. Mm. Who knows? Mm. Rachel? <laughs> Last question I'll just ask you. <laughs> <laughs> It's just you've got the new movie, The House Next Door, Beat the Blacks 2. Please tell us about it um, because it's coming out in theaters. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but it's coming out in theaters soon. Shout out Deion Cole. Shout out the homie. And why we all should go out and see it. Deion Taylor. Yeah. Deion Taylor. Um, My bad. My bad. Yeah. Right. So this was already a group of family that had done a movie together. And the only additions to the cast were myself and um, my henchmen. And so we were the only additions to this universe. And so it made it a play in playoffs type of situation. Then it allowed me to, when I read script, I'm not the funny guy in the script, I'm a straight man. So now if you got me as a straight man, you must really have some shooters. And considering we really did have some shooters, that's what made it um, work so well and organically because um, a lot of the things that should have been acting weren't acting they were natural yeah and great and dion gonna be mad at me because i called him dion cole but look he sent me the tra- okay. he sent me the trailer shout out to dion said shout out to shout out to dion cole dion taylor those, those my guys like he sent I, they sent me the trailer and yeah. it's like yo van post the trailer and i'm gonna be honest with you there are v- it's very rarely that you laugh you guys anyone that's thinking about going to see the movie, just put the trailer on. The shit is fucking hysterical. Like, literally. Yeah. Well, well, what makes it different, though, is lots of trailers are funny, but then when you get to the movie, you find right. out that all the funny parts <laughs> were in the <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is not that scenario. And you say you're playing the straight man, but yeah. you're playing it so straight that is dumbass funny. Like he's being like yeah. a like 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 he's like he's like a like he's like an elegant type of villain this character. And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so yeah, and it's so straight that is dumbass funny. Shout out to Duval, shout out to 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 Michael and everybody that's in the movie. But it really, I really cannot wait to actually go see the film. I, I can't wait. It's gonna be real, real funny, man. And it's good to talk to you. We haven't ever yes. the last time I saw you, you might not remember this. Yeah. 
I was a TMZ cameraman. And I, and I got you, a shot. You don't, think, you don't think I remember you know, me, <laughs> bro? You don't think I... Oh, you, What happened? What happened? <laughs> oh, this is only only two people that were going to make it out of TMZ, that generation. <laughs> and it was the guy who's with you. And there was another young lady who had potential. But at each point, I'm hemming these folks up like, y'all know y'all part of the machine that chews <laughs> right. up dudes like me. <laughs> he, was, he, he was, he just, it was always be, always be real. You would shoot Cat, Cat would give you to a, the answer, and then he would give you a jewel. And it would be so, <laughs> it was like, I, I, I used to tell my homies, it'd be so loving, he'd be like, yes, and I know that you know you're better than this. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? Because, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what lane it is. As an older person, you see the potential in younger people and you see when somebody has a moral compass and the ability to have a standard. And you know when people are too good for stuff, but you understand what springboards are. You understand mm. what stepping stones are and... Um, so, you know, that that's how far back we go. But that means that when I see it down the line, it makes sense, you know? So word up. Word up. You a big compliment, man. Yeah, man. Look, the like I one of the smartest, one of the best interviews, one of like the last true authentic guys we have out here uh in this space. Um Happy to see you prospering and thriving, bro. Happy to see absolutely. You know, you you thanks. you doing your thing, man, and in, embracing God. that that legendary status, bro. So thank you for joining us today, Cat. Thank, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thank Take you, care. And Rachel, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. No matter what your voice is doing, it's a pleasure. To oh. talk to you. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. No problem. <laughs> All right. All right. It's mailbag time. Okay. Drop the song. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right, Trudy. Oh, by the way, before we even get to the mailbag, somebody, uh, I got to look back and give this guy props for his name. Somebody made a beat to the mailbag song. He dropped, put some, yeah, I got to look at his name. It was on Reddit. Shout out to our thought really? wars. I, I, you know what? I, I dejoined the Reddit group. I, I jumped. I, I'm not <clears> in the Reddit group anymore. Because why you were so? It's not my place it. to be in the Reddit group. The Reddit group. No, somebody brought up a good point. Did you tell somebody them that said that uh, somebody that was very critical of my performance on the podcast? But still, though, it's just, I appreciate it. Somebody brought up a good point. Someone said that me being on the Reddit group cheapens the expressions of the reddit group because there might be fans on there they're not giving their true opinions about things because they know i'll see it that's very true so wow. i everybody go to our thought warriors it's still popping over there but it's not for me it's for the fans there you go all right trudy let's go let's go with the mailbag time let's do it now okay. yes <clears throat> okay from olivia keebler how old were you when you got into your first fist fight my question to Olivia is how old were you when you first produced your most delicious cookie? Like how old were you when you and the rest of your elves 
that live in a tree and produce cookies. Um, how old were you then, Kleber? Uh, Keebler elves. Like, how old? You don't know the Keebler elves? She's a Keebler. Keebler. Like, I she's do. this is I'm a Keebler elf. I'm trying to follow Olivia you right Keebler. now. How old when you first produced? <laughs> her name is Olivia Keebler. <laughs> Was that her There's last There's no night? way she could have gone to school with me. <laughs> I'd have been bringing her pointy-ass shoes, putting little paper hats on her head, the whole nine. Like, Van, stop! Stop! I'm just joking, wow. Olivia Keebler. We live in a house. We are elves and we make the cookies. Yeah. All right. Uh, how old were y'all? Like, how old was I? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, how old was I when I got my first fist fight? Um, I don't know, like six. Uh, I don't. I've never been in a like a full on fight. My first time when I hit somebody, she didn't hit back. First time I hit yeah. somebody, yeah, like, I think my dad said I was like, like six, five, boom, five or six, six, like I uh, punched her in the stomach. I remember I got into it and I remember getting punched in the face and being like, damn, that shit hurt. I remember I got hit right there and then my shit swelled up. It's like six. I'm putting in some work. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right, next question. From Courtney. <laughs> if you freaky Friday with your co-host, what is the first thing you have? <laughs> this question is problematic for a lot of reasons. I feel like if we Freaky Friday... I actually ask, like the question. So nasty. If you Freaky Friday with your co-host, what is the first thing you would do as them? Okay, stop. I, you know what the first thing I would do? And call Chris Harrison. I what? I would. I, I, would I call knew Chris you Harrison. were going to say that. <laughs> I'll call Chris Harrison. I'll pick I will up, just I'll give like, you his number so you can give him a call. But it would be like Van talking as Rachel. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? <laughs> I would. It's funny. I was going to say I would call really? somebody, too. I would call your dad. Because you continue mm -hmm. to. Yes, you he's you tell all these stories. He's so funny. You keep him from us. You won't mm -hmm. let him come on the podcast. Call my I want to meet him. That's who I would call. Mm -hmm. I'd also I'd also take your Oscar. And just like walk down the street so you, with it and you, let everybody know that I want an Oscar. You That's call my do. dad and then I want to hold the Oscar. You would almost immediately regret it. When I tell you, you almost <laughs> See, this is, immediately this intrigues me even more. regret it. Like, <clears throat> Hello? Hey there, boy. How you doing? Uh, Hi, Mr. Lathan. Mr. Lathan? Nigga, what is wrong with you? Because you don't know. Why would I say that? Nigga, who are you talking to with a <laughs> Mr. Lathan? You put a yes on the end of that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and right away, you have no idea what to say. Like, I got it. Like, I got it, nigga. Uh, boy? I got mm -hmm. How your gal doing? How your gal doing? Your gal doing all right? Yeah, she, That's a good she's question. all right, dad. All right, now. Nah. I'm telling you. You don't do no harder work in your relationship than some dick work. Make sure she don't step out on you now, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you, hard work is dick work. Make sure she ain't going nowhere now. I'm telling you. 
Let me know if you need to tag your daddy in. Hold it down. He, he says stuff like that. I'm telling you. All right, next question. The next question. He said, that's the kind. That's how the nigga talk. I can't. Uh, yeah. I can't. I'm so intrigued. Natasha <laughs> Millette, you have 24 hours left to live and $1 million to spend. Who are you going to spend oh, no. with and what are you going to spend the money on? You said, who are you going to what? Spend the 24 hours with and who are you and what are you going to spend the million dollars on? The uh, the 24 hours with Kalika and I'm going to spend the money making up for mistakes that I've made over the course of our relationship, just buying different shit and just making sure we're good before I peace out. Like that's that's what's going to happen. But I don't I don't know. You guys know me. If I know that the clock is ticking, I'm not going to be able to think of anything besides the, the like, right, the clock yeah, and not. cupcakes. I'm just going to be one big cupcake. <laughs> what about you, Rach? <laughs> I would, I would probably spend it with obviously Brian, but I'd want, I'd want to have my, my parents. I'd want to at least see my parents. I want to see my grandmother. I want to see my siblings. I want to see as many loved ones as I can, my final moments I will want with Brian. I would give, for the million, I give 10% to the church. Uh, Brian will be taken care of because that's what life insurance is for. And I would probably just donate it. I would just spread it out and donate it because all I would want, if I had 24 mm. hours left, is just that time with loved ones. Mm. I wouldn't care about doing big things sure. or buying sure. things. Let me just Brian, give it away. Brian what do I need? Lightning. Lightning. I love Grease. Now, this is a movie I can play with you with. Of course. I do too. Grease 2? Have you seen Grease 2? Grease 1 is classic. Grease 2 is okay. Born to hand job, baby. Born to hand job, baby. All right, all right. Oh yeah, da, 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 da. oh yeah, da, 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 da. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. If the rewatchables do Grease, they I have if to Bill bring me would on. Do That's probably the Grease. only movie I could do. Right. No, but he Does has Bill to like decide which movies. Probably either Bill, Chris, or Sean. I'm not sure the way it goes. They just call me up and be like, hey, man, we're doing this on the rewatchables. And then I go in and have a great time with the guys. But I wonder if they would do Grease. I wonder if they've done Grease. I made the case. Convince them. Convince them. They had to have done La La Land. It might be the first musical they've done. They had to have done La La Land. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it came out too soon. I don't know. I have to look. I have to look. Who knows? All right. Last question. This is from Olivia P. What are your biggest takeaways from growing up in the South? Both serious, like your faith, and weird, like foods you love. <sighs> you said serious, like your faith, and weird, like food stuff. Um, Just what's another question? Mm-hmm. You want to answer that one? Uh, what is okay, the most ahead, important, man. my biggest takeaways from growing up in the South? So, okay. So, 
in Louisiana, it rains a lot, right? So like, so yes. When it rains in Louisiana, it's like it rains, especially in the summer, and it's super hot, and the rain comes through, and it's very, very uh, like chaotic. It's chaotic. It's destabilizing. It's like not the rain we get out here, this minor league rain that we get in L.A. It's like major league rains, like storms, almost as if there's so much going on that the earth is violently crying in an emotional way, trying to wipe Mm -hmm. it away. But right after it rains, like right after it rains in Louisiana, uh, the humidity makes the, the condensation on the ground sort of rise. And then the air kind of pushes down a little bit. And there's this moment where you feel like you're in heaven and everybody is outside, right? Right? Yeah, it is. And so, and everybody is outside. Wow. Everyone's outside. People come outside. It's safe to come back outside again. The storm has passed. And growing up in the South, there was always something like that. It's less about, at least for me, growing up in Louisiana, it was less about concentrating on myself. Like, myself and my individual needs didn't really matter that much. What mattered was, like, how we acted and functioned and moved as a community. Who was going to tell you it was safe to come outside when the storm was over? Who was going to look after you if you got home and your door was locked and you didn't have anywhere to go? Uh, Or, like, who was going to feed you if y'all were having a down month and there was nowhere to eat? Like, it was a feeling that people were going to come out when it was safe and they also weren't going to let you do bad. Even if they didn't like you, they weren't going to let you do bad. They were going to do a little thing to make sure that in the moment you had what it is that you needed. And the moment that you go to some other place, you search for that and you kind of spend the rest of your life like trying to find a place where you have that. And there might be little pockets where you have it, right? You might have it at a friend's house. You might have it uh, at your community center, you might even have it at your gym if you if you out there hooping with your homeboys. But living that, where every single person matters to the tandem, where like we're a neighborhood, to where we're a part of town, to where we're uh, we're a town, like my dad's town of Maringwin, and all the people are, the, are are they know each other, and there's a familiarity, and there's an understanding, even though we talk shit, even though we fight, even though there's racism, and there's all that stuff. There's like a cultural oneness. And um, that's what the South really means to me. And I think you have to be a Southerner to understand it. Like uh, like you, you, you have to be a Southerner to really get that's how that true. is because people look at it and they go, look, that's a place I would never want to live. And it's a place I might never live again, but in order to make me who I am, it's the only place I could have come from. So like... Uh, so I adore Louisiana and I adore the South because I adore people's real emotions and how they really feel about things and what they really think. And that's what you get when you're down there. Wow. <laughs> that was very prophetic. And I and I don't want to say anything. I was gonna say something silly or something, but no, I I, I definitely agree with you. It's it's you, what you just described is um, a, a form of Southern pride, and I you don't you don't get it 
and you don't understand it unless you're from here. Now I can't, I, I cannot relate to you the never play baseball. You never play baseball. That's why. Thing, That's the reason why. Wow, that was beautiful. You play baseball, you know, when you're out on the field and you feel like, oh my no, god, it's no, a sweet relief, and then it's right there, but then it burns off and it's hot again. But right there in that middle part, it's perfect. All right, who's your unexpected ally of the week? Big Rach. Oh, okay. Let me get her name right. Because I actually have one this week other than Lieutenant Colonel. Mine goes to Paxton Smith. Oh, I heard The Valley Victorian of Lake Highlands High School, class of 2021. Um, Lake Highlands is a school in Dallas, inside of Dallas proper. Very familiar with it. Had several friends who graduated from the school. Uh, but for her to use her commencement ceremony speech to talk about issues of pro-choice, I think is a bold and, and beautiful thing, especially in the state of Texas, to bring awareness to the issues that are surrounding and are threatening uh, pro-choice. And so I, I just commend her for that. She had submitted her speech before the ceremony and then decided to change mm. it on what was important to her, what was on her heart. So kudos mm. to her for that. That actually Paxton is uh, great. I love to see the youth get involved. I, I read that story. That was dope. Mine is the Lieutenant Colonel. He put it on the line. He did his, he, he did his thing and they cut that man's mic. They cut well this man's mic. God damn it. I'll tell you what. All right, look, that's enough. That's uh, enough. That's enough it's higher really learning for right now. Um, Take thing caps off, but do not stop learning tomorrow. Uh, oh, actually, I guess it's today. Tune in to Big Rage on the View. All right, watch Big Rage on the View. Sarah's days on the View are numbered. I see a new sheriff town. Um, I'm just joking. I don't know that lady. I hope she has her job for as long as she wants it. <laughs> uh, uh, take take caps off now. Someone, I'm Van Lathan. Yeah. I'm Rachel Lindsay. Bye, guys.